0: Episode 7 of Podular Stand, the Doncaster Rovers podcast, coming to you from a London rooftop greenhouse strewn with the detritus of a promotion party. Uh, my name is Bill Wilson, editor of Popular Stand, officially the best fanzine in football, and joining me between the champagne corks and streamers are editor of the London Economic, Jack Pete. Good evening. Good evening, Jack. And former film editor at Enemy, James McMahon. Enemy.com, uh, I, mean, I They didn't trust me in the Mac. <laughs> <laughs> <They're laughs> easier to erase on yes, Yeah. Fair exactly. enough. Um, before we crack on then, before we get on to uh, Rhoda's sort of latest uh, quick departure from the fourth tier, want to go back to a couple of things that we touched on in um, episode six of the podcast? I feel
1: like it should be like a sound effect. It. <laughs> like a reminiscing yeah. sound effect. Uh, now, firstly, you might
0: remember we, we touched on uh, a curse on Bellevue, uh, a curse on Bellevue and it's, it's lifting with a stone. Now, it turns out we were, were sort of mashing up our folklore somewhat and just like banging them all together. So, the owl thing is separate to the curse. I knew
1: that. You knew that? Well, oh, yeah, you yeah, didn't you. make that point last time. No, no I, I didn't did. no, I I did know that. I, okay. it's, it's the owl. So, basically, the curse thing I, I really lot about. Okay. The owl thing. You didn't know. Someone who is in the Rose fan told me, and I was a bit like, I didn't, okay. I didn't so, know. Like, so, the owl thing then, just
0: to clarify, so originally it was a real owl. Oh, there you go, your face says you don't know this. So, you there was a real owl that lived in the rafters in the old pop side when the pop side was huge, you know, the old covered roof there, right? And sometimes, if you know, at night game, the noise would get quite loud, and the owl would like fly out over the pitch, and that was seen as a good omen for all of us. But then, when they reduced the size of the pop stands in like the late 80s, and because of the subsidence, um, obviously the owls. Home was gone, and that was seen. You know, so there was this like, bad luck thing because Rovers' fortunes had got worse. I mean, it's like late 80s and early yeah. 90s when Rovers were generally it's pretty terrible. And it was so, because of the owls. Obviously, because was not because owls. of mismanagement or poor team's selection. <laughs> all down to the owls. Uh, so that's why John Ryan.
2: And then he couldn't matches. The owls, <laughs>
0: <laughs> John Ryan brought back this stone owl to um, try and bring back good fortunes and put it in the roof of the main stone. Instead.
1: So that's the owl thing. <laughs> so,
0: so that's the L thing. Um, the curse, which was different, which was the one you were told about. Who told you about the owl? I'm right? oh, sorry, the Stockton Rover, who clarified about the owl form oh. on, on the, the VSC fly. So thanks to him. The Traveller's Curse, which was which was placed on Bellevue by a group of travelers that were asked to move the car park. Yeah, yeah, that was your background to that. And um, apparently, the way to lift that, or that for that to be lifted, needed either three Irishmen or three Scotsmen to play for hours on the pitch at the same time.
2: Sounds like a no joke. One's, no, yeah, no, <laughs> no one's
0: thing is no one's quite sure. I've been told it's three Irishmen. I've been told it's three Scotsmen, but no one really knows. And I, I don't know why that would
1: lift a curse. I mean, what 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 was the curse though? I don't know, Back, you, you brought it up. No, well, like, uh, <laughs> I believe, cause I, I, I was talking about Stewart when I was probably like 14 or 15, and uh, he was like, you know, it, it was almost like the Cursors I like wrote would never achieve promotion, uh, like whilst <laughs> they were in Bellevue, obviously it did, so I was sort of wondering if there was a team that had three and or three <laughs> well, Apparently, yeah, there must
2: have been. Yeah. And Between that and the owls, you can see why we were so bad over that period, yeah. Just you know? curse after curse, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just couldn't catch a break, yeah, yeah. On the curse front, I mean, I was to be honest, I always
1: thought the steward told me about the curse, I always thought he was being a bit, a bit, winding. Oh. All right, if I'm being honest, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> you know what I thought you were
0: gonna say like he was just winding up with you, kid. No,
1: no, no. I mean, it's funny, he sort of talks about travelers and how I, I, I sort of he's sort of painting the picture like it was this sort of wizened old woman, you know, sort of pointing a finger like, and I don't think it was like that at all, to be honest. I think they might have just sworn at them as they were moved on. But obviously, <laughs> obviously just it's flagged a, them off and drove off. Obviously, this is a thing, that you know, more than this steward. Stupid... At least, right well, yeah. at least two other people have heard of it.
0: I mean, we'll find out. I mean, if, if you know the, any more details on this, let us know um, at Verovers or, or comment on whatever we can tell. What I was about though, I read about
1: this in the fanzine. He's... When I was a kid, I went on a school trip to Bellevue and they took us in the boardroom and uh, they told us there was a ghost. And I love stuff like that. So I was always like, yeah, my football team is haunted. Okay, so if you know more about the ghost of the
0: boardroom at Bellevue, I think can get in touch with us. Yeah, I think I remember Googling it and there were, there were
1: some, I think there was maybe Steve Beagle or someone like that talking about being there late at night and hearing like, a, that real? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um that owl? yeah if you know
0: more about the ghost or the curse get in touch at me let us know and um, we'll de- debunk your <laughs> suggestions in the next edition probably um, the other thing obviously, I like this little
1: paranormal vibe <laughs> that's going
0: Finally, seven episodes in, we've taken a twist that you approve of. Is that
1: what well, I'm I've sort of steered the podcasting direction I actually
2: want to do? <laughs> it's, it's, it's just for the ratings. Paranormal for ratings. Don't cast most awkward. <laughs> <what it is. laughs> um, so the other thing
0: from episode six that we're going to pick up was nicknames that we talked about. Um, and we had a, a discussion about that that we didn't particularly agree with. And so we put it out to a Twitter poll for what you felt Rover's nickname should be. So the three we put out for you were Doncaster Dinosaurs, you can probably guess whose suggestion that was, um, the Vikings, or the Butterscotch Men, based on the history of the town and it being the birthplace of Butterscotch. Uh, so we had 153 people took part in the Twitter poll.
2: Tell him, that. Well, that's. Is that representative of the people, do you feel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, national, it's a, it's a civic representative mm. So you're feeling, Basically,
0: you're feeling quite confident, is what you're
2: saying. I think so, yeah. Go okay. on, go on, go on. So, the results then, 17% of
0: those 150 people felt that Doncaster should be known as Doncaster dinosaurs. How many? 17%. All
1: right, so I should be dead honest now and say I have quite a lot of Twitter accounts for various projects. <laughs> 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 and I, I think I've voted um, at least 10 times. So you're about half of that 17% is what you're saying. I, can't, I think
0: that's depressingly low. I think it's, I'd, I'd describe it as encouragingly low. Given I, all the I, serious I would imagine
1: there were some children though.
0: Yeah. I? I'm, well, okay. So in second place with 35%, uh, at the point at which I realised that I've got multiple Twitter accounts as well, could quite <laughs> easily have <laughs> followed by even perhaps should have is the uh, Bortoscotch Band. And out-and-out winner on our Twitter poll with 48% was Vikings.
2: With how many percent? Forty-eight percent. Okay, just to draw a line under this and not to get old Theresa May on it, Viking is Viking, okay, <laughs> and I'm talking about a hard Viking. No, you're gonna, you're gonna
1: have to give me more of that joke. I'm just saying this is this is, is a where red, we stand. Blue, that is a red, white, and blue Viking. That
2: is a red, white, and blue Viking, and Viking is Viking, okay. We've yeah. got we've got Brexit is Brexit. Viking is Viking, and I'm going for a. A, a hard Viking.
1: I think I said this before, maybe off
2: flip-flop. I, uh, I don't really have a problem with the Viking thing. quite like it. Oh, look who comes out
1: the club. No, I do! <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I'm just going to go right out
0: and say it. You're like... that's. that's your I, I that feel that, like, Okay, yeah. I'm, okay, all I'm saying is that, you know, that's 48% yeah. of people who've turned their back on our town because they once went to Viking. That's all I'm saying. Well... You're back on your town's heritage, you've dismissed... A century old tradition, one of the few things the town can take claim. This of. is
2: what this is what the remainers are doing. Listen, we've got to accept the outcome, okay? <laughs> are we getting blue? And I'm gonna use this as a uh, springboard to really get that Icelandic um, uh, chant going. Yeah. <gasps> so yeah, it's gonna that's gonna be a thing. And there's seen. gonna be forty eight percent at least of the keymote doing that by this time next <laughs> year. That's my pledge to you.
0: I worry that you've rushed into Viking without giving any thought or consequence to how you implement Vikings <laughs> well, after the vote. Okay, so well I'll give like. you a two-year transition. Okay. All right,
2: <laughs> I'll invoke some article soon, and I'll give you a two-year transition. But by this time next year, we will all be in and Viking um, on the terraces of the Keepmoat right. Stadium, right. and right. that's my promise. I am um,
1: really hoping that I can find the receipt for that dinosaur costume. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we shall move
0: on, and we'll go on to uh, I suppose only one real place to start on what is what I've kind of claimed is a promotion special, even though we've just talked about Owls for ten minutes. <laughs> uh, but that is obviously Rovers' rapid return to uh, to League One, achieved on Saturday with Victor over Mansfield, which followed the uh, emphatic win at Grimsby the, the previous
1: week. That was it was wonderful. It was such an amazing day. I mean, like they really thought they were in it, Grimsby. Good. Good. Hmm. Uh, and, and when they scored it was fair play you know like, but I mean we were just we were just a couple it was just you know, men and boys all that stuff it was just a fabulous display of attacking football so, just sat there stood there sand clapped completely proud of that this was a club that I, that I followed and invested so much time and effort belief and money in. it was I mean it was just amazing it was up there for me but like you know Wembley or Brentford or, it was like one of those, those one of those games where I was just like I love this. Good one. Well, I'm glad I didn't miss anything. <laughs> I, <that> <laughs> I think there was a moment where I texted you too, and I, I think I did say that John Marcus was on steroids.
0: Yeah, I got that because um, I've been out of the country and I've been somewhere where there isn't any internet. Or anything so my phone the first message i got when i did get back to somewhere where there was signal was just a message from you saying john marcus is on steroids yeah. which i had with no context i was really worried that our season had become null and void, yeah, you know, void positive drug Uh so it was a brief worry but i was glad to see the uh see the result um and that followed obviously with with that set up um, Saturday and then just the need to, to beat Mansfield to secure that promotion place. And by, I mean, Mansfield were in that game as well, to be fair to them. Yeah, yeah. It seems like one that Rovers were, again, like a lot of the home games, there was never really the, the worry that Mansfield would get, would prevent Rovers from, from getting what they needed.
2: Yeah, it's a classic. We've been talking about it, it a lot of times with season of these, of these episodes and it's just, that would that was a nil-nil two seasons ago, one season yeah. ago. That was a nil-nil. You know, and we've come up across those games this season and and we've we've ground results out and that sort of goes alongside these dazzling displays that like you've seen in Grimsby. I mean, could you have two games that summed up our season better way? One where we ground out result and came away comfortable winners, and one where we're just absolutely a spectacular display of attacking football.
1: I think I've just I think i just realised that, you know, just morale is just you know so important. Uh, you know, I think about the Rovers teams have watch have struggled, and think about Rovers teams that have done well, and it just feels to me so much of it's about spirit. I think it's like looking at Arsenal playing there; you know, good players don't care. You know? Yeah, um, and I think that it was really hard, you know, that, that Plymouth game; they just all crushed at the end. But I just think that you know to come back from that.
0: I think I think with the Plymouth game, I think I haven't been there. You know, Rovers were with that team Plymouth had what? Three attacks, two shots yeah. in the whole game, and Rovers, you know, on a different day, Rovers would run that game. You know, they, they were, Plymouth Keeper had a made up three or four really good stops that, that would have swung the game Mass, You know, so obviously seven. would have swung the game in Rovers' favour, but you know, would have swung the momentum and the belief in Rovers' favour as, as yeah. well in that game. And I think Ferguson has said that after that game, and everyone could see it that you know, they've not done anything wrong in that Plymouth game. You know, they've, they've been beaten by one good set piece, and it was a good set piece. People trying to blame Ian Lawler, but it was, it was the best set piece delivery of the day it was yeah. met by a very yeah. good header um, but I think what Ferguson's doing well this season is he, he's been positive when Rovers have been have been beaten or given things where well they should have won but he's, he's been you know he's, he's kind of done on the flip side so when Rovers have won he's criticised them for not winning by more on some occasions yeah. you know and he's not let the result shape his feeling on what they can improve on or what they can take heart from and I think that's what it well and that brings that belief thing that you
1: were you were touching I think, it's, I think it's really interesting now because it's like I always feel like it the, almost like the first scenario sort of starts now in a sense mm. in that like we shouldn't have gone down last year no they were like just someone went very very wrong uh, and he's you know he's got back to where he arrived and I feel like and, and you know and it's, there's been some great times I mean, you know, when we got relegated, it wasn't like a devastating relegation. It wasn't like no. uh, like I felt about sometimes when we dropped out of the league. But, you know, I feel like now it's like, all right, you know, we're back with what I think is our you know, natural level. And, um, you know, what can we do now?
2: And, and that's why going down a league isn't always necessarily a, a bad thing. If you can use that as a springboard to go back up uh, with that mentality, with that winning mentality, the attacking mentality... Well, actually, I I, and I was saying to a friend yesterday. Actually, don't be surprised to see us in and around the playoffs next season, yeah. uh, because we, we we're just playing so well. Yeah. You know, maybe it took because I think we plateaued in League One, mm-hmm. so maybe it took going down a league to actually, you know, rejuvenate, rejuvenate
0: that. Yeah. A lot of people asked what we should talk about in this session. Obviously, promotion is is one of them, but it was keen, I was keen to another people just to contrast it between our last season in in this in League Two when we, we also achieved promotion at the first time. It's interesting to sort of look at the records against each other. And they're, they're actually surprisingly perhaps not surprisingly, but, but very similar. Um and that team went up and challenged. You know, they were, I think they finished about eighth in that mm. first season up in the up in the third tier. I would say that this this current team is is stronger than that team of two thousand and thirty four. I think the year, 3 or 4 team was, was very much that pub team having a laugh mentality. And there was yeah. a lot of belief there and a lot of people who were, you know, there quite a few players in there having their first proper tilt at league football and felt they had something to prove. Um, and so they did well in the third tier, but they weren't necessarily players who you would have said could play at that level. If you had to looked at them objectively when they are playing the conference, you wouldn't have said, like, Sam Marples, Marple no. Brighton, or everybody's going to be a third tier footballer. Yeah. With all respect to them, because they, they proved that they could. The current team, I feel, there's a lot more talent, a lot more ability, I and mean, Ferguson's recoup players who can go up a level and go yeah. on a level. I think that's that's key.
2: Yeah, I mean, this team on on numerous occasions have just looked completely out of place in League Two. Mm. Um, they, they didn't look like a League Two side at all across the board, uh, and it's a class thing. And the mentality thing is just the, the thing that's made us win it so spectacular you know, with mm. such gusto and with such confidence. Yeah.
0: The points we've highlighted this season as being potential weak points in the team. Right? Was largely addressed them, or you know, or, or players returning have addressed those thoughts. So, bringing in Lawler, I think, brought a lot more certainty in the, in the goalkeeper position. Boucher getting fit, McCulloch getting fit, Alcock returning to fitness sort of alleviated a lot of concerns people have had about the defence. You've got to bear in mind that we've we've got you know that 2003 14 to go back to that had pretty much a set team all the way through the season, more or less. Mm-hmm. whereas Ferguson's had to shuffle and change the pack, not perhaps not in the attacking third, but certainly defensively, and it's it's hard to do that and keep up the momentum in, in the way that he has done. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for that, and the, and the players too. Yeah,
1: I mean, you can remember those first couple of months. You know, it was like you know, it was, it was erratic, and you know, you're always going, "Well, you know, he hasn't he hasn't really got his his first team yet because of injuries or players coming late or whatever." It has been like. We've we, we sort of steamrolled, steamrolled to like where we are now, but at the same time, there's been some drama as well. You know? mm. it hasn't, yeah. it hasn't been easy sailing.
2: No, and I think that just, just um, there, there was there was an article a couple of months uh, a couple of fanzines back, or maybe yeah, that um and it was it was sort of like Fergie, stick with the winning combination. This is what's going to take you through. And I think that as much as that's true, I think what he's done really good is that it's been pragmatic and not responsive in a lot of occasions, you know. It's actually, there's, you can see the chain, the team being moulded as the season went, but rather than as a response because we've lost three on a bounce, it's actually been before that happened in the first place. And that sort of, that's a counter yeah. um, argument to, to, to sort of status quo when when things are going well, keep him, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Well, actually, if you can, you know, it, it, it just seems like Ferguson's been so... Dedicated and committed to the team since the moment we went down, that he's in week in week out looking at yeah. what's what's to come, how the team needs to be changed before we hit that rut. Um, to mention, that, I mentioned
0: players coming back, players back into contention. Um, Luke McCulloch one of those who's played the last last three games back from injury quicker than the most expected,
2: I would think. Yeah, just a. Yeah, state that I'm a completely independent man. But my dad told me to say that <laughs> 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 um, since he's come back from injury, he looks physically stronger um, and has slotted into the holding midfield in midfield role. dad cool
0: uh, you
2: know? uh, no well yeah, he wishes he did which was a response to the last fanzine. But um but yeah, because yeah, so he's he's right. And that's that's a really important position. Um, namely because it, it allows what's happening up front to happen
0: yeah I was going to say oh McCulloch yeah I mean no disrespect to Nile Mason who's been filling that position since uh, John Houghton's injury who I think's has done, a, done a, what I'd consider a reasonable job in there but not a play would anyone would have suggested go into that holding midfield role and I, th- I say I think he's done well I think he's been effective yeah he's mishit the odd pass forward or perhaps rushed a, rushed a pass moment. McCulloch comes in and instantly doesn't do that against, yes. yeah, against Plymouth who are arguably you are the next best team in the league McCulloch came straight in first game back didn't miss it a pass all, all afternoon you know he's just that calmness personified to yeah. take his time take a touch find the pass and he last one He like you said Jack he does that role when he frees up the players in front of him to go and be creative Yeah. but he moves and recycles the ball so well and that's what Howton was doing earlier yeah. this season and, and was being a big yeah. boost to it, it was, having McCulloch back doing that and just come straight back in with the confidence to do it is, is a real good boost going into next season
2: and if you think from a defensive standpoint as well, what it may, must be to have two strikers that are just complete whiz kids, causing havoc off the ball, mm. an attacking midfielder who's doing the same thing, and then someone who's got the nous to find them as well. Yeah. Never, never, you know, not, not even mention what's going on in the wings or anything yeah. like that. It's going to be an absolute nightmare to, to, to deal with, you know?
0: Yeah. Earlier this week was the EFL Awards, um, Rovers continuing their, their season of success has sort of, almost swept the board if you like for pretty much everything. podcast as I'm not feeling smug
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is isn't it it's, it's just been yeah,
0: like, yeah. yeah. fanzines are normally at their best when you've got a lot to moan about yeah. a lot to yeah. about do um, it's down the line but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that time will come again but in the interim it's, it's just like joy after success in it so yeah fellow awards on uh, Monday, in a row, I was managed to come away with four four different awards: League Two Player of the Year for John Marcus, uh, Manager of the Year for Dan Ferguson, Player in the Community Award for Andy Butler, and, and Supporter of the Year for uh, the Nicest My Football Paul Mayfield. So pretty emphatic sweep. And and I think as well as obviously we we talked we mentioned Marcus earlier on, but uh, as well, well and and the cops was not it. Was the it. cops was not that's you know what I was going to say really, to to. For Marcus to win League 2 Player of the Year over Coppinger, his teammate, for what Coppinger's done this season in leading Rovers at his age with his dedication, you know, there might be a temptation for the whoever's giving out the awards to go with the sentimentality vote and give that to Coppinger, to sort of put yourself in a position where that isn't considered. yeah. From the, just the sheer number of goals he's, he's wellied in over the season, it's, yeah. it's quite a feat.
2: Is there a lifetime achievers award that they that might be hanging around for? Like a you know, yeah, like a is. sports personality thing, you know? Uh, but yeah, maybe next year. Yeah. Well, yeah, whenever even ten he, years time, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever yeah ten is. years even when he retires, is and he's got a thousand appearances under his belt or whatever. You know, that's maybe what they're waiting hanging on for. I tell you one thing, I have
1: thought about Cops. Right, this is, like, this is maybe another podcast, but I have thought, how long can he go on for? Think about that all the time because it doesn't feel imminent, but at the same time, I do think the end sometimes comes quite quickly with footballers. The other thing I thought is he's like the only player, of like my the only ever yeah. player in my lifetime, who I have thought there could be a stand named after him. There could be a statue. Yeah,
2: I'm kind of a bit like,
1: is that something
2: we would do? I don't know. That's a good shout, you know. Yeah. Um, I well, mean, we've got, got a lot of stands to name after. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So. There's a.
0: There's a. A bar named after him on the concourse is it Coppages just tapping or something like that? I think, right okay. <laughs> after so, the goal at uh, Brentford, so it's quite a newly named, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um on the West End Concourse. I mean, we're for it. I mean, yeah, if yeah, you've you been campaigning, to I mean, we could
1: get bums in for day. I feel like this yeah, could, I've, got you know, I've, got a few, I've got a few more personal <laughs> uh, <laughs> personal <laughs> campaigns to wage <laughs> first, but <laughs> then I'll get on to
2: a right. tribute, just before. just blue sky thinking we could just call it the cop. But uh, we'll spell it C O R O P. Aye. There like, we go. Uh, <laughs> Done. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> we, don't, uh, yeah, we don't need to <laughs> solve the next problem.
0: There we go. not be bothered with a Twitter vote because it will come back known as
2: the painter or something like that. Or something, <laughs> so. Yeah, copy, copy face. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Dan Ferguson, we've, we've touched on as well, manager of the year. I think for, for him to be given the opportunity to to prove his worth and have a proper tilt at it this year was, was really good and really key. I'm, I'm, I was really happy that was didn't dispense with his services at the end of last season, as, as disastrous as last season was.
2: Yeah, and I it was, was sorry, it was just how he went back into the seat to to, mm-hmm. to to sort of it went back about his business as soon as that got sort of swept aside, yeah. and that's not an issue. I was, I was told by
0: quite a few people at the club like back end of last season. I mean, no one wanted Rovers to get down, obviously, but what they said was Ferguson had plans yeah. for what he wanted to do, regardless of where Rovers finished, yeah. whether they went down or stayed up, he had long-term plans and he hadn't, not quite done the Paul cover of will we stay up, I don't know, as he liked to yeah, <laughs> mention James yeah. a few times, but he, he'd done the like, okay, if we are not League one, this is my plan, if we didn't leave two, this is my plan, and like that. Leads into what you're saying, Jack. Yeah, right? and clearly showing that he was committed. For, yeah, from the off.
2: And I think that we would like to just Doncaster also has always been uh, we aren't are sacking club. Mm. Um, and, and, and there you go. That's that's evidence of of, of why you know. Have
1: you ever wanted, you hate sacking? Yeah, generally. Yeah. Have you ever wanted a manager? Other than like Mark
0: Weaver or... I felt Dickov kind of went at the right time. Right. Always got really dispensed of at the right time. I felt like that needed to happen. Yeah. Um. I wasn't unhappy when Saunders went. but that's about it. Right.
1: No, I, I, I always go back to this uh, this interview I had with Fergie really early on in the season, and uh, he kept making this point that like, Rose was a good was a good club, top to bottom, and you know the people the people of the club were good people, and boss talking a bit about like how he has some to prove, you know. So mm. I don't really like hearing people talk about how about their insecurities and stuff and I'm just pleased for him to be honest yeah. that he's sort of managed to slay those demons you
0: know I think the other thing with Ferguson is he gets what Rovers and that's coming back to what you just said about it being a good club and, and Ferguson gets that and gets what Rovers are, are key to do and you see whenever Rovers do these um, like the junior takeover day and things like that Ferguson gets involved yeah. and he's not, like, hesitant to it or yeah. to it, except that so that's, you know, uh, is enthusiastic about it and gets involved and we appreciate that's what a club has to do in the local community. And I think that's reflected in the other awards that, that Rovers won. And, um, those was the EFL Awards with, with Andy Butler, particularly, getting the, the Play in the Community Award, which I think is, is a great achievement yeah. and, and testament to not only Andy Butler, but also the work that the club's uh, community side do.
2: I think that um, Dulwich Hamlet down down here made a point the other day. I think, you know, everyone always puts, puts their success in terms of um, the, the, the gate receipts on, mm. on, on, on the fact that it's Brixton Ice Hipsters and some kind sort of political movement there. And I think that to an the extent there is, because some of the stuff they're doing is actually more political than they think, you know, mm. and one, one of it being the work that they're doing in the community. And they do excellent things in the community. And actually, I think that, that that's just as responsible for why people are coming through the gate as um why why you sort of uh, the, the rabble is there. Mm-hmm. Um you see so many families down there, yeah. you know. It's all great to see and 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 the work that that the Rovers are doing equally will pay long-term dividends and it's just it's it's the right thing to do yeah. as well, you know. I mean, fo- football has changed. does it? it's, it's not the you know, it's not the game
0: on the terraces and in the crowd. It's not the game it was when we all started going to watch. Plenty no. I mean, stretch for imagination. I mean my my other half doesn't like football. She's not a football fan. She sort of tolerates it by proxy with knowing that I will talk about it and we'll go and watch it. She's been to a few games. She's been to Deutsch Hamlet. Yeah. As you mentioned, Jane, and she enjoyed it there because it was because it was so different, because it was so it was a different makeup of crowd as what she'd anticipate as a lot of families, a lot of females. Similarly as you know, she's been to Rovers and she's enjoyed it. And yeah. she's enjoyed being part of the crowd at Rovers and, and seeing things and I think that's testament to the yeah. work that, that the club's doing yeah, to make yeah, it feel more, more inclusive and, and like I said Butler as a Doncaster lad and getting involved in things obviously appreciates that and he yeah. yeah, has to it
1: well I, I think I think it's amazing like you know if you've got if any Butler going to go into your school right? to so be mm-hmm. like you know this lad came from within a you know, 15 mile radius of where I am right now he's a professional footballer I think yeah. it's so move on then
0: and we we'll move on to a topic that you suggested, Jack. Yeah. On the basis of Rover's upcoming trip to Colchester on Good Friday, I mean it speaks for itself. It was you suggested we talk about terrible stadiums.
2: Yeah, and yeah, because you don't need to labour the point about Colchester, really. I mean, the, I, I think, think that everybody well, knows but. that. Um, the the layer road which was sort of right in town and and, and I've got a friend who's a long term uh, coach as a fan and talked of how you could hear the fans if you were about town and and it was you know it's great for commerce and great for, for business and all that and and and, and anyone who's been to, uh, to, to to the newest iteration of the ground will know it's an absolute travesty of the ground I mean it's it it is probably the example of uh, of, of, of of how these IKEA pop up kind of like in in a box. Uh, stadiums have developed and now are out by some motorway, there's no pubs, which is a travesty, not for me, but for local business. But also, it, it, one the reason I wanted to bring up today is because I went to, to see, West Ham have got a, a documentary out called The Iron Men, mm-hmm. um, and it's about their move from uh, uh, from the bowling ground to the uh, Queen Elizabeth. Park or what's it called? Stadium the Olympic Stadium. I don't know, name the name. Oh, the London, London stadium. stadium London Stadium, yeah. right, yeah, sorry. And and the documentary is as as well balanced as they try to be. It it could not you could not skip past the, the 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 fact that it, it really harmed the community moving hmm. that stadium. They went and talked to the to the pie and mash people, they went and talked to the, 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 the vendors on the streets, they went into the pubs and they went down to the guy who sold a fanzine. He sold the fancy in every every uh, home game on this ladder, and he did the same thing every week. And he said, okay. "Ladder." Yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah, I haven't tried that yet. You want to watch out for this guy; he's really good. But he stopped doing it. He stopped doing it um, because of this move. And and what's more, the business rates for people around around that area because it's mm. all sort of you know are just completely unattainable for, for, for any local trader. Mm. And the uh, the impact. No, and you know, I haven't got a beef with what the stadium looks like. I mean, I'd like a, a few quirks and a few, uh, just just for it to look like it's not every other stadium. That's mm. great. But it's has got really, it's just, it damages the community. It's really damaged the community, that. And I think Colchester's the same. I'm not
0: not fun of out-of-town stadiums. I have to, we obviously, you we have to cover it out a little bit. Obviously, we play in one. Yeah. The team we follow is one. But, I mean, the key isn't really any more out-of-town than Bellevue ever was. So no. So it's not quite in that. In that bracket, I mean, Colchester is—it's a terrible
1: place to go and watch football. Just because, like you say, I mean,
0: it's—it's it's basically just like it's on the hard shoulder of the A12, isn't it? It's just yeah. four, four boxes. I kind of want to say that,
1: like, I don't think it's a bad ground. I think it's in a bad place. Right. Oh. I don't mean in a bad place. in that sort of, a, you know, yeah. Harlem in the yeah seventies. Exactly. But it's just like I feel like I see Robbers lose there a lot as well. So it's like, why am I watching Robbers lose? And I can hear the malt way behind it. Yeah. That's what it is. But I don't think it's about Greg. Well, yeah, but what makes it? What makes Brett. what makes a good
2: stadium? You know, yeah. a lot of the things if, it doesn't have. Indeed, where I concede mm-hmm. you know? It's about what's what what's what happened before you get into the into the ground. Is yeah. A lot of it, you know. Yeah. Um, and because that's it's... that's just a depressing place to start. But there's a there's a lot of
0: these. I had a look on um, did a bit of research before this podcast because you know. to no, still like we've made an effort, um, but there's a lot of like if you search for it. Like, Worst stadiums or, or bad stadiums. There's a lot of like people who've done like, articles on this and polls on this. And one of the ones that always tops it, always comes at to the top, is um, Luton's Kenilworth Road. Yeah, which I love. Yeah. I <laughs> think it's brilliant. It's the exact for me. It's the exact opposite. And I think for what what most people say is like the worst stadium, and they they cite the fact that it's crammed in. It's there's no leg room. Yeah. And it's, it's not a great view. But for me, it's like it's a proper stadium. It's yeah. quirky. It's different. I'd much rather enter a ground via someone's back garden and yeah. across a car
2: park. It's literally through someone's front room, yeah, isn't it, but not like, brilliant.
0: If you when I walked into Luton earlier this season, there was loads of people like laughing, joking, taking pictures, looking at how close it's to the houses. When you walk across like the expanse of optimism that is the car park at Colchester's ground, <laughs> yeah. um you don't get any of that. You just get people just trudging into the wind. Trying yeah. trying to hear each other over the traffic. Yeah and it's, it's a different it's, maybe it's the location thing around the ground
2: yeah. and they've, they've obviously tried like, oh, no, there's, always, but, yeah, yeah. there's always there's always bits on like, you know, it's always got marginally better every year I've gone so there's always a, there's a band on now compared to and there's a tent where yeah. people stand around and that's and that people can congregate and at least people can congregate yeah. and that's a big part of it yeah. um, so you get a bit of pre-match banter and you but, get a bit yeah. so kind of pre-match songs and all that stuff it just always has
0: the feel of, you're standing at a service station yeah. because, of, because of what it is like it's a, it's a fun day at the opening of a new welcome break yeah. when there's all like the tents and the bands and stuff like that yeah, face exactly, yeah. it's a I, bit
1: weird I think it's that thing that was anyway it's like I I can't do anything that I wanted more as a teenager was for Robbie 7 New Ground yeah and then like I would do anything like anything to go back to building <laughs> like just to you know like I have, like, sort of happy places that I yeah. go to in my head when I'm daydreaming sometimes. And it's quite often watching Black Sabbath from about a month ago, <laughs> which is very good. But Bellevue is... Uh, I, I mean, I'm just there now. I, yeah. I, would love to, I would love to go back to Bellevue. And that can never happen because it isn't there anymore. So I'm sort of a bit torn with it, really, yeah. because also going back to what people were saying about the good work Rovers have done and, mm. you know, families and that. I mean, it, it was well, horrible. Oh yeah, yeah, you know um, I, look, I look our horrible James. I look at it, I look at it I look at it every, at it every day because it's my you know, it's on my on my desktop and I'm like, why did them why did them puddles never get why did no one ever pick up that bin thing? You know the <laughs> the oil drop the though. Why did no one ever pick them up? <laughs> it's on <inside. laughs> its side for three years. <laughs> <laughs> what would that go? <laughs> so, I don't know. I feel I feel a bit torn. I was thinking a bit about what you about the idea of what was a good ground and a bad ground. And having been to quite a lot of like European football there. I do find a bit like the idea of a ground of a personality feels like quite uniquely British to, in that, like, I mean, I know it's not called San Siro, and mm. I'm going to say that now rather than someone You're setting me up Oh, good yeah. work. Good work. <laughs> you know, I've been to Benbow and all that. And those grounds are much more like somewhere where a football team plays as opposed to a home
0: yeah. But they're big grounds though. And
1: they've yeah. kind of they kind of evolved to be that to fit as many people in yeah. as,
0: as possible. Um, I think the smaller grounds is, is always where the personality is because with a lot of teams they were they were built on the only available patch of land and, and developed yeah. up around that. So you have that quirkiness that um, and that's for me that's what makes it a ground. Having I mean, said that, and on the list of my list of sort of worst stadiums, there are grounds that have a quirkiness about them, which isn't right. So Gillingham hate going to and the last two times Rovers have been despite the fact that it's one of the nearest away days for, for us living under the Rovers I just won't go just because I, I refuse to pay 20 quid to go on a temporary stand that's in its 13th year of being temporary
1: yeah it just makes me feel a bit gross really That they think so little yeah of the people who you know feel uh, the core of their ground that they just don't, they haven't built it yet yeah
0: I mean that's that stand was used to the open golf that's where it came from you so those, no, are, no, yeah, no. yeah actually it's it does um, sandwich is it the course okay. yeah. so it does 40, it does sort 40 of 40 years uh, ago so those seats were designed to be out in the open air for what, a week at been bit of 30 years not for me nothing says like nothing showcases like the, the disregard and the sort of regulation the necessity yeah. of regulation over like actual what you want. Than like one of those big mesh things strewn
2: across those yeah. temporary seats, yeah. which segregating
0: them yeah. into a top tiny corner, yeah. And yeah. Just wind battered open seats, <laughs> yeah. Like you think, of like, Reading, yeah, is no, a key. Redding. Right. Right. I Reading, uh, Coventry, another one I absolutely de- detest, yeah. grass because they're just way out. Way out in the middle of nowhere, where there's and you know like like Colchester, but even more so because they're bigger towns, bigger cities. Yeah, these grounds that are just built and designed for people to drive to and drive away from, with no thought to people who might want to come to the town and go back to your argument,
2: yeah, come to the town and, and spend some money in the town. Just to go back to my idealistic sort mm. of like scenario, which was probably Exeter this year, um, which had a glorious pub nearby, um, and it's a really old ground. It's quirky, blah blah blah, blah. and that pub was dead, you know. Prick I mean, there was a few around. It wasn't the only one. Oh, no, no, no. Um, but it was a really lovely pub. And I was sort of like, I was just saying, let's let's move up to the end of the because it's going to get busy in a bit. Let's get in early. Let's get a few drinks in. And it never picks up. Yeah. And i never thought of it like yeah. that. But... I, think, I think it's
1: also that thing, though, isn't it? We, we come back to it all the time, you know, even at our level, like, you know, 25 quid for a massive year. And then... You know and then your drinks you know. oh yeah, you know, it, yeah that's, a, that's expensive day out yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. Was, i think a lot of this was around as well isn't I mean, so much it's about it's about history that we, we said it's about people all the time yeah. So like, this feels like i don't know was, i know anyone at the club would probably detest me saying this but felt quite amazing to see everyone on the pitch yeah so it felt yeah. like a bit of history yeah, you know, yeah, about yeah. this you know ground that hasn't had it yet really
2: Here's another one as well. It would, do you think that the people who are doing this podcast in 30 years' time and the talk of Doncaster moving out of the chemo would look at chemo and say, oh, we can't move out of chemo, it's at home, you know? Or maybe it's just yeah, a time it. thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is. It's, and, and, it's what
1: you grow up watching, isn't it? Yeah. It's what you
0: grow up being. If, if you've know, if you started following over in the last, what is it now, chemo, 10 years... Because, you know, if not as a johnny or whatever you want to call it and if you are a johnny come who cares? Um, if that's what you know, and that's where you've experienced things like Saturday, like uh, the comeback against Krug of the year, the Johnson's paint trophy yeah. semi, the the playoff semi, you think of all those things, those memories are intrinsic to where you've experienced them. Yeah. It's not just the game, is it? Yeah. And that's probably why we reminisce, I think, fondly of Bellevue. Yeah. For me, the keep is it's taken 10 years, but it does feel like home ground. Yeah, it does feel like Rovers' home ground. You know, I see the same faces in the same areas of that ground, you know, especially selling the fanzine before the game, you see the same faces, and it feels like a home ground. I, I just on that on Bellevue, like I, I don't dream about football very often, but everyone I've ever had has taken place at Bellevue. Yeah, totally. So. Like, whenever, if ever I have a football like a dream it's on the pitch at Bellevue okay. I'm being beckoned from the stand at Bellevue to go and go but from the t- oh, from the town I never still in the town I don't know why that is um, but yeah I'll be, we'll do Football Dreams in another podcast it's, it's just, uh, it was just it was,
1: <laughs> for the benefit <laughs> of the
0: time James is gazing wistfully upwards just, remembering a better time it was just all that
1: stuff. I mean, thing, you know it was, it was horrendous you know, yeah. know what I mean it was like when, I tried to explain this to my girlfriend once and I was like and she was like, "Oh, you know, it sounds like the most amazing place." And I was like, "When it was windy, like, Cinder got in your eye. <laughs> <laughs> really hurt. Like the but, best,
0: the best view from the pop stand in a lot of years was from the middle urinal in the temporary toilet block at one end." <laughs> It was, by a yeah, mile, because yeah, totally. you didn't have all the heads in the way. You just had to line your head up and you could watch out that window. And it was the best view on that side. Do
2: you know the uh, Jeremy Clarkson video um, that he did back in the day? It's oh, yeah. circulating again. Yeah. Um, I think it has got, got republished by Who Ate All The Pies and like that. Yeah, and, um, and so he came up on my Twitter the other day and I was just like... And it was stepping off straight into a puddle. There's that bloody bin you know, <laughs> <laughs> going into the bar. So it was, you know, if you want a bit of nostalgia... I mean Clarkson always like hams those things up a bit like obviously
0: you know always exaggerates the the point he's trying to make Ah, but all the material was there for
2: him to do so wasn't it and I stepped straight into a puddle I have to admit
1: you know I know we're a bunch of woolly liberals but I'm alright with Clarkson
0: I'm leaving that in because that's that's the shock revelation that's going to bring in the the listeners I'm
1: not you know like I'm fine wow I'm oh, on that I'm dropping Please don't, because
0: I'll have to start again. Um, lastly, to bring things back to Rovers to uh, to finish, one last sort of relatively quick question to throw it um, throw the two of you. With five games to go, Rovers six points clear of Plymouth, and Plymouth due to play Portsmouth on Friday. Uh, do we feel that Rovers will kick on and win the title?
2: Uh, yes. And, and that's, not that's the uh, brevity this is I was hoping for. This isn't, an, and I shouldn't be focusing on this part. There goes the brevity. And it is the, there is brevity. Okay. Uh, I, uh, well, there was anyway. <laughs> but but I think that the teams around us are just uh, not, are not are strong enough to to compete. Um, but I think we're yeah we're good enough anyway.
1: If there's one thing about the season that like gets that, that rankles me is the two defeats at the Plymouth. Mm. So for me now is sort of almost not just about a bit like a championship. Uh, you know on the on the Wikipedia page, it's, it's about having the one thing that Plymouth will be able to get. Yeah,
0: I mean, we could we could put a championship on the Wikipedia page now. To be honest, if we really wanted to, if that's what you
1: want, <laughs> I'm not about fake news. I've, I have integrity. I look to Wikipedia for. I use it every day. I'm not going to be. I'm not changing the names of so solid crew. <laughs> <laughs> so solid crew, you know, the Wikipedia page. But Past there's, members, all there's, well, this there's there's like like gravy hedgehogs. So. <laughs>
0: Um, so that's two yeses from you I hate doing predictions and I hate jinxing things but even I think even I think that we've got to do it now the one thing I will say to caveat my, my yes is that Rovers probably got a tougher running because everyone Rovers play between now and the end of the season is still at this time in the hunt for something Colchester, just off, a, a, yeah, yeah. bit a playoff place or trying to stay up whereas Plymouth have got two games at the end against Grimsby and Crewe and Grimsby and Crew are probably two of the few teams in this division that aren't really Playing to either stay up or go up. How go down years, Just two. Just two. Yeah, we've got a Hartlepool. A little, it, though, a Newport catching Hartlepool. They're a lot. They're a lot closer now than they were before I went away. Okay, so that will probably do for this episode of on Thank you to, to James and Jack for joining me, and to you for listening in. Uh, don't forget to tweet at the Rovers with your with your worst stadiums, your, your explanations of the curse of Bellevue, your memories of ghosts in the boardroom, or Anything, any right. other any,
2: any, any inaccuracies that that will have <laughs> yeah correct us on all yeah. the things we've got wrong
0: and any other parano- paranormal activity that you want to well, share with James even if you've made it up just to keep us going over the summer months would be would be grateful um, the werewolves is the werewolves <laughs> the werewolves the 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 so we'll be back with another episode around about the season's end. I'm not going to be bold enough to predict a day or a time or a week. And don't forget to pick up the final print fanzine of the season, issue 88, which will be on sale at Raiders, the last home game against Exeter. Um, so until then, we're off to enjoy the uh, sweet taste of Doncaster Butterscotch, and we'll see you another time.